Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Off the Record with Georgette Pierre, where conversations get deep and guests try to remain civilized. I decided it was time for a name change. What better month to do it but for Women's History Month? Tonight's episode is called Women in Media, Power Struggle or Empowerment. But with every episode, I bring you the Generation Report, where I quickly deliberate on the latest headlines and pop culture news. Generation is a play on the word generation, but spelled with half of my name. My friend and buddy comedian from Northern Virginia will be joining me to assist with the rundown. Norman, are you ready? Can you hear me? I bet I had you on mute. My bad. (laughs) Again, again. Um, so hot off the presses, because I sent it to you earlier today, um, Chris Brown opened up to Ryan Seacrest about the Rihanna assault, and I think this is the most that he's actually said about it, and also he talked about new music. So what were what your thoughts about his, his, his views on what happened uh, four years ago? I, I think we all wanted to know, like, what exactly happened, and I think we still don't know, you know, what exactly happened, but I think he seemed sincere and, you know, being remorseful for what he did and everything. And, um, you know, Chris Brown, he's he's been a little crazy over, over the last uh, couple of years. So, I mean, I, be, I believe him. I think he was sincere. I, I believe about 80%, 80% maybe 85%. 80%. No, he sounded really genuine. I listened to the audio, and I think he really um, – he sounded, like, very open to talking about it, which was the case, of obviously, a couple of years ago, and I think it was very respectable – um, as far as the way Seacrest is asking those questions. So, um, obviously, it's still going to be left up to the world on, on their thoughts, but I, I, I definitely thought that was interesting that he actually opened up about it more. So, um, going on to the next couple, um, who I'm not really a fan of her, but whatever, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Oh, God, yeah, I'm not, and, like, I'm open about that. Um, I, I mean, just from what I've been seeing on TV, uh, do you think Kim Kardashian is tarnishing Kanye's brand? I think I think Kim is yeah I would say she's watering it down a little bit. I mean he's she's kind of a distraction to what he's trying to do. I I would say I mean I'm not a big fan of Kim either, so I can, I'll say that too. And then I, I, sometimes you know she'll put like they'll put like Facebook posts on. She'll be like uh, you know here's a picture of me and my baby daddy. I'm like eh you know that's not even a good look anyway to be saying it that way. But um, yeah. You know. I think she's. Just, I think um, a lot of people are just kind of tired of that whole empire, that name, and I think just associated with yeah. Kanye West is him being very elusive. It's just kind of like, oh, can we just please stop talking about her now? <laughs> yeah. I have seen a lot of photos of the the Kim the Free Willy Well photo. That's pretty bad. That's kind of mean. <laughs> it's funny though. Oh, I know, I know. I know. She's doing she her best though. Norman. She's doing her best. Stay on top of things and stylish. Um, so here's a funny one for you, though. So this happened over the weekend. Amanda Bynes, like everyone knows that she's been all over the place, but recently she tweeted that she wanted Drake to murder her vagina. I I don't uh, I don't know I don't know how I feel about that. Not the fact that she she <laughs> thinks about that like she wants to have sex with him, but it's the fact that she said it and tweeted it the way she did. What what are your thoughts about that? Just don't think it hurts. That would hurt. I, th- I think sort of people, you know, who didn't hear it, maybe they didn't hear the quote one more time, and, and it was, I, I want Drake to murder my vagina. I don't really know 
what what he was talking about. But um, as far as I've seen on Twitter, I haven't seen any response from you know the YMC, YMCMB camp or from Drake. No new no new tweets from him. So I don't I don't know how he took it. I but I did. You I, know, did. And I, I I felt like she was trying to, she was trying to get a response. Like I feel like it's so funny. I think she was trying to get a response. I don't think they're going to reply to that at all. Like I think Drake probably gets those types of tweets all the time, and just seeing yeah. her tweet that was kind of like, oh, confirms. Okay, Amanda, I, next. I think I think um, since Nickelodeon, she's done some weird stuff. She's you know she's kind of kind of delusional. She tweeted the other day. Um, she created the phrase "lol laugh out loud." I'm pretty sure she's she didn't create that. She didn't. Do Did she really tweet that? Oh yeah. See, that's why these people get ignored. Um, I think I watched her on my room. They do get ignored. Like I used to watch her. She had that show with Jenny McCarthy. I mean, not Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Jenny um, yeah. Garth. And I used to like that show, but then after that, kind of fell off. I didn't really pay or right. pay attention right. or keep up with her. And so I think it's just something. I, at least personally for me, I think it's just something for attention. But I. Yeah. Totally wrong in that world. So, um, Norm, thanks for having me run down the generation report. How can people find you online? Um, you can catch me on Twitter at Normie Norm. That's two M's N O R M M Y N O R M. A lot of M's. But yeah, you can catch me on there, and uh, it, it was fun as, as always. Thank you, Norm. I appreciate it. So, um, until next week when we have another episode for some some more fun news. Uh, Norm, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> no doubt. Later. Right. So if you missed the Generation Report, it will be up online on my website after the show. But time to introduce the lovely ladies of the hour. My first guest is more than what meets the eye. Dabbling in all things media-related, Zenova first got her start as a talent production assistant for BET, which quickly evolved into her working for CBS's Inside Edition, blogging for the popular urban lifestyle brand Dr. J's, and much more. From pop culture writing to on-air hosting and even PR, Zenova King is truly an entrepreneur. Now owner of the website from intern to xyz.com and junior publicist for MCNPR in New York City, I welcome the lovely Zenova. Z, that's good. Hi, my <laughs> love. Thanks for the lovely intro. <laughs> you deserve it. Thank you for joining me tonight. Anytime. Yes, so my next guest first got her start in media magazine and online journalism, interning for Vibe magazine, which led into short-term correspondent work with Vibe.com, Honey Mag, and OK Mag. Noticing the dramatic shift from print to online, Jacqueline Smith decided to redirect her creative energy towards TV production, now working as a researcher for VH1's Big Morning Buzz Live with Carrie Keegan. She's currently gearing up for an April relaunch of, music, of her music and lifestyle blog that she co-founded with her friend called Cash and Caviar. I welcome Jacqueline Smith. I love that name. Oh, <laughs> thank and you. That's dope. Thank you so much. It's great yes, to have you. Jacqueline, meet Zenova. Zenova, meet Jacqueline. Hello. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you, love? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm great. Yes. <laughs> so, join in on the discussion at 347 and find me on Twitter at Georgette Pierre using the hashtag GPR Radio. Ladies, thanks again for joining me tonight and just delving right into it. So, it's Women's History Month. We all work in media, um, but I find it very interesting that there's still challenges and stereotypes that we have to combat 
in this, just in 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 our generation and just in our fields, just from your own experiences, the level you could first, what are some challenges that you had to deal with just in overall from from starting at BET and being where you're at now? Well, I think the one that stands out the most is definitely people taking me serious in terms of, and not people, I can just say men as a whole. It's one of those things, if I wasn't an assertive young lady, I wouldn't have gotten far. So that that was my biggest thing, was people really knowing that I'm serious about my craft and about my skill, and me as an individual, and this is not a, a easy role that I want to take. So that was my biggest thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you, Jackie, that's similar to you too as far as people taking you seriously, or was it some other stuff? Um, well, for me, I think it was, first of all, making sort of like in my head saying, okay, it's okay to sort of put more eggs in my basket because, you know, for a long time I had known that I wanted to write and I wanted to be a journalist, and then, you know, I got to the city and, you know, I was taking on assignments, but I wasn't really seeing the the push that I needed and that I wanted, and so I said, hey, you know, let me try to take some things to the left, and I had a friend that was already working um, in TV and production, and she brought me in, and I thought it was great. It was cool to sort of take on a new or to helm a new um, craft and get in there and see what that was about because I was already interested in, you know, TV and production and pop culture and things like that. But I think it was too coming in later. I mean, noticing that, okay, it's not really like an age thing. You're coming into production and you're learning and just trying to get over that, you know, getting over the fact that, okay, I'm I'm sort of entering production at, I guess, a later stage than other people and, and phases and just taking the experience for what it was and sort of trying to own that and taking on as many skills and attaining that as possible. Um, as far as people taking me seriously, um, I don't know if I had, you know, that experience when I first came in, um, it was more so just me getting in and kind of being like the, the freshman on campus. Um, I think now more so, though, it is sort of like a, you know, a struggle getting people to take me serious and just making people see that, you know, or letting people know that I'm visible, like making myself right. visible, excuse me, yeah, making myself visible and um, aiding in my own growth. Do you all think, I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, they can't see us, but all of us are women of color. Did you think that, do you think, not even did you, but do you think that there's been a difference or a power struggle for women of color versus other women, or do you think it's collectively the same power struggle for women in general in these male-dominated industries? Um, Jack, if you want to start that one. Um, what was interesting is I actually went to a panel um, at Viacom not long ago, and it was called Here, and they discussed that. Um, I think it's on different levels, you know. I mean, I think definitely I've noticed some things while being in production. I've, I've noticed that, you know, men have sort of climbed the ladder a little bit quicker than women um, and not necessarily deserving of those positions. But I, I've definitely noticed that, you know, men have sort of um, – made those transitions, excuse me, those transitions quicker. And for me, it was asking myself, well, is it a man-woman thing? Is it because I'm newer to the situation? What is it about it? And, you know, what I learned is I think a lot of times with women, we, in the workplace especially, 
we aren't as assertive or we think, you know, it's not okay to sort of ask different questions or to be vocal about certain things, whereas men, I think that um, they are, especially sometimes when it comes to, like, you know, asking for salary raises or, you know, um, making it vocal that they're interested in different positions. So I think it's about being more vocal in the workplace and not, being hesitant about being vocal in the workplace. Right. I, I totally agree with that. Number what, what about you? What are your thoughts on that? Well, to go back on your question, you said um, being that we are women of color, correct, if we if we see a power struggle within ourselves, right? Yeah. All right. So, honestly, Georgette, like, coming from, like, going to a diverse college and um, working with in the industry on both sides, whether it was corporate or more of an urban setting, I think yeah. I I don't think I've seen it enough to where it takes me back. Like, I don't feel like women of color are there enough. I see a good amount of my young ladies, my color, in good positions. Can there be more? Yes. Do I sometimes feel like maybe there's not enough of us? Yes. But there's a situation where I feel like, you know, we maybe we don't know to get to that per that place. You know what I mean? Like, if another race, they might have, um, they, you know, a connection to the HR person. We might have not taken it that far. Just like Jackie said, we weren't that assertive or we taken that initiative. But I do feel like I've seen both sides. The situation where we there's enough of us, and then there's some situation there's not enough women of color, and I do see it's a struggle. So what, you know, and I know I can speak for myself for this, but what I'm, first, I'm curious to know for you all, have you all ever been in a situation where, because I know Jackie you mentioned this earlier, where you weren't assertive, where you didn't speak up? How did that make you feel, and then what did you do about that? Because I know, for instance, men are very assertive when it comes to what they feel like they deserve financially um, or what they can they can physically do and not being afraid to walk out. But why is it always a little bit different with us women and us being hesitant, like, oh, but I don't want to lose this job, or, you know, I really like it here, maybe I could just take that pay cut. What what situations have you been in where you kind of questioned being very assertive until you just couldn't take it anymore? We'll start with, let's start with the no. <laughs> okay, I was like, oh, Jackie, do you want to go? <laughs> no, no problem. A situation where I feel like, you know what? I've been blessed enough, and again, like to go back on what I said earlier, I was afraid in the very beginning, like people didn't take me serious. So I took that initiative, you know, 18, 19, and I kind of changed my entire mindset to where now I am assertive and I'm okay with being that assertive young black lady who speaks up, whether I need, um, you know, more from you in an interview where I'm, you know, you know, being a little bit bossy where I'm telling you to do this and do that, it's okay. So I kind of learned from my adolescent years. Like, you know what I mean, that 18, 19-year-old intern to where now it doesn't even really, I feel like it doesn't happen. So I really can't answer it, like, fully, Georgia, because, right, like, I stopped my tracks. You know what I mean? So right. where now, you know, I'm like, fully. Because the fact that you caught yourself, though, the fact that mm-hmm. you already started recognizing it, I think that's very important. Definitely. What about you, Jackie? Um, I think, I mean, it's definitely been a learning process. It still is, excuse me, it still is a learning process for me. Um, but I think simply in just saying, going to someone, you know, 
that's in a higher position and executive and saying, hey, you know, I'm interested in growth. Like, how can I grow? You know, it's it's great because coming into a new position is awesome. But I, for one, have a problem. Like, I don't I don't like being comfortable in this situation. I mean, it's nice at first when you're learning and you're kind of making a transition from um, one field to another. But I don't like being comfortable for too long. So for me, it's always about growth. And so that has to become a, a learning process for me, being vocal, you know, not just being a hard worker, but actually going to others and going to people that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of interested in maybe going to that field and, and attaining those same skills and going to them and saying, hey, how is it that you got to the position that you're in and how can I grow and, and what sort of um, steps can I take to to get there, you know, learning to be, again, like I said before, being vocal and letting people know, like, as great as I am at, at my position, you know, there's more that I would like to do. Um, there's more that I would love to experience. Um, and, and there's more that I would like to home for myself. So. Now, the interesting part, though, so getting to the juicy part, I know I've been to different seminars and different, you know, workshops where they would always talk about women sweeping to the top and or sweeping their way to the top. And I feel like, women really don't get enough credit for working their way to their positions, but mm-hmm. there are women that have used their bodies to get to where they want to get to. <laughs> um, let's be honest, like, it really happens. But, you know, so what would you possibly, what could you possibly say to these women that think that's the way to go? Like, why would anyone want to do something like that? Um. Well, <laughs> I... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what that thinking, where that mentality comes from, because I, I've I've never been there, <laughs> so I really don't know where it comes from. I mean, the only way for me to to rationalize that is to think maybe women, some women who do that, think that that is the only way, and think right. maybe they can achieve that rank a lot quicker. And yeah, in some in some um, regards, you can. But the respect that will definitely not be there. I mean, I've I've been in situations where I've actually heard of people talk about women who have done that or not worked their way to the top, but have worked their way to the top. You know, right. and I mean, the respect <laughs> level is never there. And and regardless if those women do have what it takes to to actually fulfill the position and are hard workers, you know, the only thing that's really going to follow them around is the fact that they got there sort of in a fast-tracked way. So, I mean, it's definitely hard for us, and as you said, it's for women and as women of color, but I think that there is no you, – you can't allow yourself to, to stoop to that level, I feel, you know, because I think that out of anything, your self-respect comes first. You know, and, and okay. if you don't have anything, your self-respect, your morals, your faith, you know, that stuff comes first, excuse me, first, and – that is a lot of the strength that you need to pull from every day when you're working in these type of environments. I can't like Have you seen but, that? I, I mean, I have, and, you know, the question you posed, what is the reason? The reason they continue to do it is because it's worked in the past and it's continued mm-hmm. to work now in, in many situations and many jobs, yeah. you know what I mean? So the, the way I look at it is whoever you idolize, and if you feel like they've, you know, taken that route to get to that position, then by all means, you know, I'm not saying I respect it, but 
that's your way. You know, if you idolize the Oprahs and the Simones and the Sharon Carpenters, it's up to you. Like, I feel like you only fall into that category if you allow it. So it's, to me, it's if they're there, it doesn't bother me, but it's a situation. I know it's not me. I know it's not my females around me, but it does make it harder for us because men expect something else, and, you know, we are the ladies who don't stand for it, so it does make it a little hard. We don't respect it, but it happens. You made a great point about that, that it does make it a little bit harder. But the other thing, too, is let's be honest. Just because you tucked your way to the position, I think that's actually more reason why you're not going to stay in your position longer because it's just like spoiled children. You get something that you didn't work for, and it's easy for you to lose it because you didn't really care about it. And so I think that also speaks for a lot of women that do that, you know, because you're, I, I, just, I don't see how you can be in a tenured position from sleeping with someone to get there. I, it probably happened. Um, and I also reason. feel like that introduces, I mean, other problems. Like, this is what I'm <laughs> present. I mean, I mean, now you have to come to work with this person that you slept with, and then they're going to expect something, or maybe you're you're going to expect something, or, or it could possibly, you know, turn into manifest into something else. Like maybe you want more from. Um, the relationship, or maybe you expect more because you slept with this person, you know? So with all the other things that you have to deal with on a daily basis, I just don't understand why someone would want to put themselves in that position. Like, yeah, you look at the benefits, but then, you know, how 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 much of yourself is worth that, you know? Right. So I mean, that's how that, that works. Well, now the interesting to kind of segue to something else, uh, you know, just kind of wrapping it up. What about women not supporting each other in what we do? It's always a lot of backbiting or whispering like, hey, girl, like, I can't believe she wore that and I can't believe she's doing that. And, and it could just, you know, maybe it's insecurity, maybe it's you're jealous. Like, I don't know what it could be, but what what's that about? Like, well, how can we, you know, have you all ever dealt with women not supporting you and how can we just support each other more in what it is that we're working on? Uh, real quick, you want to kick that off. No problem. <laughs> no, I, I do understand what you're saying. It's a hard thing, but that has to start from within. If we don't build within our communities and just within this community, this media industry, letting people know that we are a strong force and we work together and we're together, it's it's never going to end. We have, you know what I mean, we have to fight. I feel like we feel like we're fighting for each other's spot. So because that's, I think that's where it stems from. So in or in instead of seeing it that way, let's all create spots for one another and push another each other. They see it as fighting for the spot and not supporting. But that has to come from within. Like I don't know, Georgette, maybe you'll start something where we have you know support groups or something. Um, see enough so people understand it's okay. We need that validation from someone that it's saying it's okay to support one another. It's not okay to fight with your peers. So someone, you know, it, it sucks that they need someone, maybe like a Beyonce or someone in the industry like a Melissa um, Harris Perry. Maybe she needs to come out and say it. You know what I'm saying? It's not being said enough to support one another. That's what right. it is. And, and what about you, Jackie? Do you agree with Zenova on this? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and I know it exists. I know the, the competition. And not just against, I mean, excuse me, not just amongst women and men, just everyone. I know that, that competition to get ahead and the, just that race to get ahead exists. Um, but I will say I've been very fortunate 
enough, um, you know, since being in the industry where I've come across women, um, specifically women of color, who have reached back and have said, hey, you know, I heard about this. Maybe you'd be interested in that, you know. And so I have continued to keep those same core women around me and, and, and keeping those bridges very strong and knowing that, okay, these are the same people that were there for me in the beginning and that were very supportive of me in the beginning. In the beginning. So, you know, let me make sure that I'm doing the same in return and that I keep them around me and that we keep the structure. Um, so in, in that regard, like I said, I've been very lucky, but I know it exists. And the only thing, you know, I think is going to sort of, break down that barrier, like Minovia said, we have to help each other. We can't constantly keep looking at things as a competition, as a race to get ahead. If we look at things like, hey, let's open the door for each other, we can all get ahead. We can all, you know, um, be proactive in this movement, in this progressive movement of, you know, everybody sort of taking, sort of like the, you know, like the talented tips, you know, lifting each other up and, making sure that we all get ahead and that we're all successful. It doesn't have to be like a fight to the finish. I love that. Um, Okay, so real quick so people know, what are you all personally working on? So, Nova, let's let's talk about you real quick. What are you working on and and just just your sprinkling your goodness on the world? I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right now, like um, you mentioned before, I'm an assistant at MCMPR, which is a PR agency where we cut, we do events and Right now, our biggest client we're working with is Waka Flocka and um, the Source Mag and a a bunch of other fun things. But my own personal project is um, from Intern to XYZ, and it's where I tell the stories from men and women within the entertainment industry, how they got started from that very first internship to the position that they're in now. And we all know, even though they might be an editor-in-chief somewhere, they have another job. So I want to get down to the bottom of it. So, you know, students really understand, like, this is, it seems glamorous, but it takes hard work, and the work doesn't end. So that's that's my biggest goal right now, getting those Ooh, stories Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You guys always talk about this project, and I'm like, oh, that's so awesome from intern to XYZ. I love that. That's so badass. Oh, uh, my God. Please. Awesome. <laughs> no, seriously, please keep me posted on that. I'm sh- I'm pretty sure Jackie is probably curious, too. Um, but, Jackie, I'm curious about your personal project. I know you have Cash and Caviar, and you're exploring more of your writing. Tell us more about that. Um, well, yeah, we Cash and Caviar started in 2007, and, you know, we've interviewed everyone from the Capital of London to Jesse Boykins Third, um, to um, B.B. Gunn, who, you know, video directors for J. Cole. And so we decided to take a break and reanalyze and kind of reevaluate the site and introduce some more fun things and make it more well-rounded. So we are gearing up for our relaunch in April, and we're really excited about it. Um, and as far as my personal project like was saying, I have decided to take some classes. So I am now enrolled in a screenwriting class, which I'm going to start. Um, in nice. Yeah. We need more of so, you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm getting back to that because writing has always been a passion for mine, um, excuse me, of mine, but I wanted to explore it in a different facet, more like creative writing and film. So you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking a part or taking a huge step in, in aiding in my own growth. So I think that is what I'm doing this year with, with 
like my my thing this year, just being a part of my own growth, being very instrumental in that. Congrats to you, ladies. Real quick, how can they find you both online? I know you're on Twitter. How can they find you, uh, Jackie? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Lestar Noir. That's L-A-S-T-A-R-N-O-I-R. And, you know, just look out for the relaunch of Cash and Caviar. CashandCaviar.com. Okay, cool. And what about you, Zanova? I know you're always up and down Twitter. I see you. I know. I, I suck at tweeting, though. Like, I'm the worst tweeter, but I I, I exist. Uh, my Twitter handle is at I-T-S-M-E-N-O-V-A, which is just at It's Me Nova. And um, from intern to XYZ, the official launch is May 2013, so look out for that. And I appreciate this, Georgette. Sweet. Oh, thank you, like, like, ladies. Thank you so much. I mean, it was long overdue. Women's History Month. Um, you all tell us you have some amazing things going on, so I can't wait to hear more. And please, please, please keep me abreast. So, ladies, Jackie, Zanova, thank you. Thank you so much. It was great. Okay, you both have a good night. So I have to thank both my guests, lovely ladies, Jackie and Zanoa, for joining me tonight. Jackie's, uh, Jacqueline's music and lifestyle blog is relaunching next month called Cash and Caviar. Zanova, she's a little, uh, her Twitter handle is It's Me Nova. You can catch this episode and other archive shows podcasting on iTunes by searching Georgette Pierre Radio iTunes store. You can also find me online at georgettepierre.com. I'll leave you with one of my Georgetteisms. Don't be afraid to go after what you want and deserve. Thanks for listening to Off the Record with George at Pierre. Change. Anyway, peace.